Hello, folks. Welcome to the Genuinely Interested Podcast. My name is Roy Bensvi, and I'm your host. And I want to explain a little bit about the podcast before we start the show this week. This podcast is an opportunity for me to speak with some of the most interesting people I know that I can find on the internet. So either with amazing talents or achievements or just unbelievable life stories or invaluable insights into areas that they have dedicated their lives to studying. I sit down with these amazing individuals from all across the world. Really, I, I've talked to people from you know, Slovenia to the Czech Republic to Australia to countries in Africa and South America, uh, really just all over the world. And I try to ask them the questions that will hopefully help you extract something valuable or learn something new or just get inspired by. And I do hope that you do get inspired by these talks uh, with some sort of a call to action, maybe change something that you wanted to change for a while, or even just enjoy, you know, detaching from the world for an hour and listening to some great conversations. So whatever it is that you get from this, I do hope that you extract something from it and enjoy the conversations. All these episodes are available on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and the rest of them. You can also find the episodes on my website, which is RoyBensV.com. You can find a lot of other information about me there as well, from photos to a little bit more insights into who I am, if you're interested. And, you know, you can always go to social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there. I'm pretty active on both those platforms, although the only ones I have. And um, I try to post regularly so you can stay up to date. And also be sure to put your email on the website. Uh, I shoot emails out with updates, news, any new current information that I have will be sent via those emails and social media platforms. So yeah, make sure you're in the loop. And today on the podcast, I have Peter Ludwig. Peter is a keynote speaker and author of the best-selling book, The End of Procrastination. He's also the founder and CEO of Procrastination.com, which is a company that applies scientific findings in neuroscience and behavioral economics to help individuals and companies in their growth. Um, I had a blast in this conversation, to be honest. Um, I think very quickly... Peter and I felt like we kind of already knew each other. We felt very comfortable uh, with one another. And I think that lent itself to a very open and honest conversation with a lot of great insights and patience to listen to, to the other. And I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think there was a, a few points in the conversation where, you know, I just let him go and I'm so happy I did because there was so many great insights. And I think that if you guys listen to the whole podcast, you really benefit from it. Because again, there's so many great insights into how to stop procrastination and how to start becoming a little bit more productive. And just all these little tips that I think will be very beneficial for people, especially now during COVID, especially with the Zoom fatigue and internet fatigue and just being sitting on your computer for way too long. I think there are small things that we can do throughout the day to help with that. So I'm very grateful that he came on the podcast and he right now he's in the Czech Republic. He's been living in New York for the longest time, but due to COVID he had to leave and, you know, I'm sure he's um, 
eager to come back to New York at some point. But I think that's the beautiful part of this podcast is having that opportunity to speak with someone from so far away, other side of the world, but still really connect and have a good conversation and, you know, try to bring up good ideas that will eventually help people and the listeners. And I think that's one of the greatest things about this era of information is that we do have access to all these conversations and content that is, I think it wouldn't have been around probably 10 years ago, even, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of this stuff would not have been around. These conversations would not have been available and were not even an option for people to have. And and to broadcast, you know, you would be um, obstructed by I don't know, regulatory laws and regulations, and you would have to buy ad time or, or whatever it is. It was just not an option so many years ago. So now that it is an option, I think people should take advantage of it as much as possible. Try to find people that you relate to, that you think add some sort of a value to your life. And yeah, start listening to those people. I'm sure you guys are already probably doing that. You don't need me telling you this, but you know, there's new people popping up all the time, um, people with great insights, books, podcasts, documentaries. And, um, you know, we're an, an evolving species. We're always learning more. You know, I literally learned the other day about water, something that I've been drinking my whole life. All of a sudden, there's all this new information about water that I had no idea about. But it's fun to learn. It's fun to gain a new insight into something. And that's partly why I do this podcast. So I hope you do enjoy this week's episode. Guys, as always, make sure to share the podcast with your friends and family, especially if you feel like this gives you, you know, extra value and added value. Uh, I know this specific podcast was a lot of fun for me. And I know for certain that there are a lot of tips in there that a lot of people can use, especially during these times. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And without further ado, here is this week's guest, Peter Ludwig. The Genuinely Interested Podcast. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very pleasured. Yeah, man. So you're like we talked. We talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, you've been living in New York City for a minute, but now you, because of Corona, you're back in your home right. city yeah. of Prague, right? Uh, right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, how's Pro- how's Prague right now? Yeah, Prague is quite cool because we only have few cases of uh, coronavirus here. So altogether. We have like 350 deaths, so it's almost nothing. But still, uh, people are a little bit scared. So I think that this time is very important to share some positive uh, information. So I do a lot of webinars uh, about mindset and about uh, positivity. So I'm very happy to be here with local people and I'm trying to help them in terms of what I do and to share some positive information. Yeah, and you miss New York? Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I think that I'm 
already like 50% Yorker because uh, <laughs> I spent there the last year, I spent like nine months in New York. So most of my time I was there and I love the city. I'm living in uh, Fidei in uh, near World Trade Center. And uh, the, if I wake up and if I see the skyline of New York, Manhattan is amazing. So I'm amazed every day to be there and I'm very happy that my book was published there. So I'm like, I have two lives, one in Prague and the second in New York. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's like half of New York. There's so many people that come here, even locally, mm -hmm. right? They'll come from other right. big yeah. cities, <laughs> other states. And yeah. there's people that come from all over the world. It's that city of dreams. We've always, so many people grew up on it that if you want to succeed or if you want to make it big, like that's the city of dreams. Exactly. And that's why yeah. so many people come here. But now, I think because of COVID, that kind of allowed people to take a, take a minute and say, do I actually need to live here? Like I could actually be in, in Prague or I can be in Montana or Texas, still accomplish my dreams because now I have the internet and we have Zoom meetings and I can do just as well. You know, I think that kind of opened a lot of doors for people to see things differently and not necessarily have a brick and mortar because they have to be next to their office type of situation. Exactly. It's, it's, it's also our case because I have a company of 35 people and what we do is that we do big conferences and we have five big conferences every year and we had to cancel all of them. So we switched everything into online. So we do webinars now and it was quite challenging, but now I have to say that uh, the shift from offline to online, oh, uh, it uh, has opened us a few new uh, channels. So basically the company is even a little bit more successful than the company was the, the last year. So basically the COVID was a huge problem to us, but uh, we switched the mindset. We switched the way of uh, our work. Now we, like most of our people are uh, at a home office, but uh, somehow it works because people are quite open to listen to online content. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the reach that you can, have online as much exactly you know, yeah. larger if you book a, a venue <laughs> in uh, moscow that that holds let's say ten thousand people you know you could do a webinar that holds you know a million people whatever it is exactly, it's unlimited yeah. oh. and you can reach much more people have just more impact and that's why i love podcasts because i think the podcast is, is the best way how to spread the knowledge around the world and uh for example my channel is growing like five times every every year so i truly believe that the future is about podcasts yeah i completely agree and i want to listen to your podcast but i can't because you have it in check. i've been trying to get it yeah. but you know it's impossible <laughs> my check is uh, i'm a little rusty no, I, I promise you that uh, the next year I will do more episodes in English because uh, I want to do more episodes in English because uh, it has larger impact. That's the only way for me to, because I, I want to have impact on the whole world. I, don't, I just don't want to change one small country uh, because I truly believe, for example, I'm working on a new book about critical thinking. And what I feel is that uh, these days critical thinking is, is a key uh, topic because it's it's like underlying pattern uh, under all those big topics like under climate change uh, under uh, all those fights uh, and fake news around coronavirus and I think that critical thinking is the key skill for 21st century so for example I'm working on a new book and I want to have a, a large impact with the with the book so that's why I want to switch everything in English too yeah. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it just right now, it's um, you know, if you're if if uh, we had a conversation, I have um a neighbor who's French, um, and we were watching this French show, and there were so many big stars, French, you know, stars in this show. And I didn't know any of them. But if you're French, you would know them because they're they're massive stars in France. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so different. Like you could have you could be the biggest star in your own country, right? Like France, right. Spain, yeah. whatever it is. But the rest of the world doesn't know you. But if you, you know, if you're a star in the US, and that's I think it's because the US has that breach, but it's also the English aspect. Like most of the world speaks some form of English. And right. if you're a star here, whether it's a podcast or a movies or music, you can have that reach and be global. Yeah, of course, it's very humbling experience, too, because uh, when I left my home country, uh, I was already a best-selling author and my podcast was in uh, top five podcasts in the country. And when I moved to the U.S., when I started from scratch in New York, yeah. I was no one there. And basically, I had to build my own brand there. And it was a very humbling experience, but it was worth because it was outside of my comfort zone. So I had to push myself again. And somehow I think that this part of my life story was very important in terms of my ego, in terms of my own humbleness. Yeah. What kind of people do you do you usually have on your podcast? Uh, well, it's very white. Um, very oh, scale of people because uh, I have some entrepreneurs, I have some uh, like medical doctors, I have some uh, boy scouts, basically people with strong values and uh, with strong uh, purpose in life. So whenever uh, someone has passion for something and uh, the thing is somehow, somehow connected uh, and uh, somehow uh, is changing the world a little bit, th- those are my. Uh, my guests mostly yeah yeah um you know i let me maybe i want to know a little bit more about you maybe give me some some background where'd you grow up how did you get into the to the field that you know you're currently in yep uh i grew up here in czech republic and uh my background is that i have uh my uh major in computer science and then i was studying law so i was studying two very difficult universities but uh, during my studies i started my own uh, business so i started my own consulting company and shortly i realized that uh, the key topic to me is procrastination because uh, what i realized that not just me but all my uh, employees or all my friends around me they uh, had some struggles with procrastination and uh, in that time, I started to read all those scientific papers about procrastination, and I was trying to uh, connect all those dots for myself. And when I realized that uh, this is not just my case, but it's quite uh, a global problem, the procrastination. So I uh, had the opportunity to uh, do some keynotes about procrastination because I was entrepreneur, I was quite young, so I, I had so many uh, opportunities to um, ha- have a keynote at uh, some conferences here. And it was like 14 years ago. So I have my company for 14 years now. And let's say 10 years ago, a publisher approached me and he asked me like, do you want to write a book? And I was like, okay, let's try that. And uh, you you uh, can understand how difficult it is when you procrastinating, writing a book of uh, about procrastination. It was twice 
painful to me, but uh, I had to like use all my methods on myself. So uh, I'm describing a few of those methods in my book. For example, one is a habit list. You set some habits and uh, you try to stick uh, to those habits daily. So I had my habit list for writing a book and uh, it was quite useful. So I have some tools and I'm using all of them. And those tools are in the book. So basically uh, the book is full of uh, practical tools that me or my friends are using for, let's say, 10 years now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm sure humans have, have maybe always done it, but it's it's happening so much more now. And it's a real, real problem, especially with, with the gadgets that we have and the emails and the social media right. and the exactly. endless content yeah. on podcasts and YouTube and <laughs> you know, yeah. Netflix. It it's it's and but you're but you but you argue that it's not necessarily a time management issue. Yeah, it's more emotional management issue because uh procrastination is kind of like addiction, for example. So uh and addictions are about positive emotions. So um, for example, like Facebook or Instagram, they are investing a crazy amount of money, uh, to be addictive, to, uh, to, to, uh, have a timeline for you that is, uh, like full of, uh, stories or full of content that, uh, really, um, has, uh, have a very strong impact on your emotions. So that's why uh, they are investing crazy amount of money. And it's not our problem that we are addicted yeah, because they are uh, employing the best scientists from Harvard or uh, some other addictologists to make Facebook and other social media uh, addictive because they have money out of that. So it's not just our problem. It's a problem of the environment. And at the end, uh, procrastination is also connected by distractions and we are always distracted. Uh, at work, people are working in open space uh, offices, or we are always distracted with those notifications and so on. So really, uh, to fight procrastination is a key skill for uh, surviving in the 21st century. Uh, we have the same brain uh, as people like one, 2,000 years ago. Uh, brain, brain didn't evolve that much in the last two, 2,000 years. But if you uh, look around, uh, the surroundings, uh, the the world that we are living in is uh, very different, very complex, and very fast, and with uh, all those distractions. So, uh, for me, it's the only way how to survive is to really know how to fight procrastination. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're as as humans, we're so um, I don't want to use the word weak, but we're very prone to addiction, mm. right? Every time right. there's something new that comes along, it's yeah. it's cigarettes, it's alcohol, it's uh, fast food, it's, uh, I don't know, yeah. binge watching stuff, and then social media. But for all those things, there's, you know, there are groups that help you. And the only way for recovery is never to touch them, right? Like they say with alcohol, like, or drugs, like you, you can't do it ever again. But with social mm. media, it's this double-edged sword because on the one hand, you know, you use it, I use it, everyone uses it. It's it's a way for us to freely, freely, it's it's not that free anymore, but freely promote ourselves and get our work and our, you know, content yep. out there. But on the other hand, we consume it on, on such a rate that it, it, it often takes up from actually being, doing the work that we need to do. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so, it's a, and so it's like how 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 is it not a, a time management issue? And I do understand that obviously we are addicted to it because they just they, they they rewire our brains. They triggered us to a point where like, oh, I have to see what so and so is doing on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. But like even if let's say, okay, so I guess my question is even if we have the tools, right? Like mm-hmm. we cause we know like we're spending too much time on it. Like I think everyone knows deep down, like I'm spending way too much time on this, but we still do it. Uh of course it's also time management issue. And I want to share a uh quick app, quick tool with you. It's it's called Forest. And Forest, uh, like a Forest, okay. yeah. And basically, it's a very simple app. You set a amount of time, let's say 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. And then you plant imaginary tree. And now the tree is growing. And if you exit the app, the tree dies. And you don't want to kill that tree because then you have the whole forest and you don't want to have their death trees. So it's amazing app for your focus because now... I know that I uh, don't want to like use other apps because if I do that, the tree dies. Well, so it's an imaginary tree, though, right? They're not burning. This imaginary tree, yeah, it's okay, imag- yeah. imaginary tree, but uh, okay. somehow it works because you have your empathy towards your imaginary tree, and uh, more healthy trees you have, the more you really want to stay focused. So, for example, I have a huge forest, and I have uh, none of that tree so for example now i really don't want to have the first that tree there so this is an amazing app it's called forest and if i really want to do something if i want to write if i want to focus on something i use this app and it works perfectly to me so you can try that it's for free and the name is forest all right cool yeah i mean and for <laughs> people that couldn't see there's like a timer and once you press the timer the the, the time goes down and I guess you have to get off the, the social media apps before the time is up and yep. therefore no, no trees in the Amazon will be harmed. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so, cool. And you have so, so many other tricks, how to stay focused. For example, what works to me is that if I, uh, if I'm writing, I'm working on a new book and I'm writing in one cafe and they don't have internet connections, mm-hmm. connection there. So it's quite cool to be there without Wi-Fi because uh, then you really have to work. So some people, they really like to work, for example, in trains, because if you are in a, in a train, then uh, you can focus because you don't have internet connection again sometimes. So uh, it's always about coming up with some like hacks for yourself and uh, how to get rid of all those distractions. And what I recommend you to switch off all those notifications, because notifications is... is it's a invention of hell because uh, it always destroying your focus. So yeah. uh, I, I don't have any. Uh, okay, now I cannot show you because I have the forest app on. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, normally I have no badges. I have no notifications, and I am really using the phone when I want to, not when others want to, but when I want to, and that's the huge difference. Yeah, we've kind of become slaves to our phones. Um, exactly. It's, it's a weird thing where I wonder where this is evolving to, you know, 50, 100, 200 years from now. Like, are we just going to 
sink in and become one with technology where it's going to be a part of us, like Elon Musk says, or are we going to, like, I think there's, there's a growing number of people that are fed up with it. It's like, oh, this is, there's too much of it. And, you know, there's, there's um, Zoom fatigue and tech fatigue and they're going to tech detoxes and, but then on the other hand, there's people that are just obsessed with it and they, and they want more. And like I've, I've seen <laughs> some people that they put a chip in their uh, in their finger so they can open the door in the house and all these yeah. different things. I don't know. It's it's a it's it's weird to see. I think just like just like any other topic, it's we're, we're very split hmm. on this thing. Hmm. And there are those people that are going to become Robocops maybe in 200 years. And then people are just going to find a, a cabin in the forest and just completely go off the grid. Exactly. Whatever makes you happy. For example, for me, I uh, do a like long vacation every year. I go to Japan for one month and I did that six times. So I spent there more than half a year altogether. And this year is the first year I'm not going there because uh, of COVID-19, of course. But yeah. uh, long vacation, like four weeks, uh, is amazing because it really restarts your willpower again. And then you have like three times more power for uh, other projects when you are back. So uh, I do that every year and it's amazing. So it's my hack how to like improve my uh, focus and willpower is to really, really go in very different environment because living in New York is uh, overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I have headaches because the city is very loud. Uh, and uh, everyone is honking all all the time. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But <laughs> it being is. in Japan, somewhere in mountains or in some old temples, it uh, really helps me to like get some like deeper ideas. And sometimes after two three weeks, I can uh, go for a walk for a few hours without any new um, uh, without any new ideas. Uh, popping up in my mind and it's yeah. amazing uh because you are in the present moment you are mindful and uh for my happiness this is the uh the way how i can uh, then do what i do so one uh, one month in japan and then i can have my crazy life between new york and prague why specifically japan because Japan is uh, amazing in terms of food. I love Japanese food. So not just sushi. They have uh, many other kinds of uh, delicious food. Then okay. uh, very, very kind people. Uh, you never have uh, any negative emotions there uh, because everyone is so kind and uh, you have the best level of service, for example. So you always uh, get a perfect service, even though if you are in a small village or if you pay the the cheapest hotel there, still you have yeah. perfect service. So that's why I love Japan. And it's a very safe place to be because uh, the, the crime level is uh, compared to New York. So, uh, like oh, yeah, nothing. ridiculous. And yeah. uh, they have a beautiful nature too. So I love to go for some hikes in mountains. So they have like their uh, Japanese Alps. Uh, near uh, city of Nagano, and it's amazing. It's so beautiful, and uh, it's very empty. And you have those hot springs there, so you can have a hot bath and yeah, uh, the relax there. And onsens, right? Onsens are great. Yeah, it's my most favorite activity in Japan to stay a few days in onsens somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I was I was there earlier this year. 
and uh, oh, cool. in cool. yeah for, for, first time ever uh we i went snowboarding there so we went there for like 10 days me and a friend and uh, we went up to hokkaido and okay. it, it was absolutely amazing it was just such an experience the the food was like you said <laughs> the food was great the people everyone was really nice it was it's almost like the the switzerland of asia in a exactly. way like everything yeah. very clean yeah. and orderly and um and like like you said, the onsens, which are the hot springs, it was funny because I have tattoos. And like they they told me when I when I come to the when I got to the hotel, they were like, All right, you have to pay an onsen tax. And I was like, Okay, no problem. Uh and then I told them, like, you know, I, I have tattoos. Is that a problem? They were like, Yeah, you can't go in with with tattoos. And I was like, Okay, but and she was like, But you still have to pay the tax. And I was like, wait, so I, so I can't go in, but I still have to pay the tax. She was like, Yes. Yeah. Like, all right and then and then i still went in it was just like they kind of just you know they they don't really look at it but like technically i wasn't supposed to go but i was like i'm not giving this up i'm definitely gonna go it's a beautiful like outside area like you overlook in the mountains i was like i'm not i'm not giving this up yeah because i really love the way how they uh respect rules for example for uh japanese it's very very difficult to step outside of uh some rules or uh system and uh, me i was playing in a in a punk band when i was uh at high school in high school <laughs> and uh i always love to like step outside of things outside being outside of the box and uh being in japan it's uh, it's very funny because like there are lines everywhere people are waiting for something in, in uh, very like strict lines. And me, as being a punk, I always like, <laughs> do those little details that are like outside of the box. And it's so funny to me that uh, like, I understand they, that they have to do that uh, that way because Tokyo is like three times bigger than New York is. So they have to be in uh, lines because uh, without lines, they can uh, like be in complete mess and chaos. But uh, for me, uh, I was always thinking for myself to be a systematic punk. Those are my two core values because I love system. I love uh, like having everything in order, but uh, I really like to uh, do crazy things and improvise and uh, being like uh, different. So uh, I, was, I was always uh, wishing to myself to be just in the middle being systematic bank so it's quite of uh uh like in opposite but uh it works to me yeah no you literally just described me that's literally me if you asked my wife to describe me that's exactly how she would describe me <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah so i mean let's let's go back a little bit and talk about you know i think we as humans we we know what we're supposed to do right like we know that we should be eating well and we know that we should be getting off the of social media or not using it as much. And we know that we shouldn't be smoking and we should be exercising. And if we want to have a better life, we should, you know, put more effort in, 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 in you know, in um, creative development and work in the type of job that we want to work. But yet we constantly sabotage ourselves by doing the opposite of what we need to do in order to get to our goals. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think that is? I think that uh, if you read some uh, scientific papers about procrastination, uh, then you realize that there are two main causes of procrastination. First is lack of uh, motivation, intrinsic motivation. So uh, basically you are lost. You, you uh, don't know what to do. You don't have your life vision because uh, one of the main 
causes of that is uh, what is called decision paralysis. Like uh, the more choices you have, the more difficult it is to choose at a, uh, out of them. So uh, the first solution for fighting procrastination is to work on your intrinsic motivation. Basically, uh, I recommend to people to use a uh, white um, blank piece of paper and uh, just uh, write down their life vision, like what they really want to do in their personal life, in their uh, professional life. And I recommend them to focus on their strengths and how to use those strengths to have impact, positive impact on others. So for example, for me, uh, the core of what I'm doing is that uh, I'm helping others to have strong purpose. So my purpose is to help others to have purpose. And it works perfectly to me because uh, I'm getting many emails and many messages from people around the world that my book and my work really help them. So I'm very fulfilled and I love what I do. So I don't procrastinate it because it's my like key hobby to uh, have positive impact. So uh, the key solution of um, how to like spark intrinsic motivation is to uncover your strengths and use those strengths to have positive impact, not just on the whole world, but uh, for example, for someone it's, it's to have an impact on uh, his or her community or, uh, or family or colleagues or clients. But at the end, uh, you should be proud of uh, what you are doing. And being proud means that you know that you are skilled and you know that uh, it has impact. And that's in a very uh, opposite what I'm experiencing in New York. I live three blocks from Wall Street. And what I experienced there is that uh, people are like disconnected or, or they are working in those big banks. They have quite a lot of money. They have the best universities. But uh, what I feel is that they lack purpose. They don't believe in what they are doing because they are just somewhere improving some numbers. But at the end, uh, it has no like exact impact, a positive impact on the world. So um, the solution of for fighting procrastination, the first thing is to find a a strong life vision and focus uh, and focusing on uh, purpose and meaning in life. And the second main cause of procrastination is uh, willpower, like lack of willpower. So basically you can strengthen your willpower in the long term because we have a lot of uh, evidence that uh, the willpower works like muscle. So if you do 20 push-ups daily, and if I scan your brain on uh, brain scan on uh, with fMRI, what you realize is that uh, not just your muscles are growing, but even your prefrontal cortex, the the uh, frontal part of the brain is growing and this part of the brain is uh, evolved it, it has evolved for for willpower so you can really change uh, your willpower in time so uh, and the best way how to do that is to exercise so uh, there is a lot of evidence if you exercise more then you have stronger willpower and then you have str stronger willpower even in other domains for example at work or uh, you can self-regulate better uh, if you have uh, arguments with your girlfriend, for example, and so on. So basically to train willpower is a key for fighting procrastination, but at the end you need both. You need the vision and you need um, the action. And I really love one uh, Japanese proverb that really summarizes uh, my whole book. And it follows like this uh, vision without action 
is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare. And for me, in this proverb, there are two main uh, problems that people usually have. Uh, they have vision without action. Well, vision without action, it's real dream or um, daydream. And uh, you have so many people that they want to start their own business, but they never start. Uh, you have so many people that are talking about running and they never go for a run. But what is even worse is the second part of the proverb. Yeah, action without vision. Those are those uh, people in those big uh, banks and big corporations. They are working, working on something, but they don't see a real meaning of that. So at the end, if you want to fight procrastination or if you want to have a fulfilled life, I truly believe that you need both. You need strong life vision and then you need action. And it was uh, summarized by, by Angela Duckworth in her book, Grit. And she's uh, writing there that you need both you need passion and persistence so the passion is the vision and the persistence is the willpower the action part so it's it's really like it click uh, it clicks together those two domains and then you are happy so yeah that was, it was that the was summary beautiful. of all my work <laughs> <laughs> no man that was beautiful i was uh, i was like entrenched now listening to that um mm. so what is it you know i, I remember i had a, a cpg company and we would get emails, uh, you know, about people that, that loved our product and like, you know, it helped them or they just loved it, you know, when they got up in the morning and they would drink it. And, but that was about a product that, that we made. How does it feel to get an email from someone who says, you know, you maybe changed my life or, you know, thank you so much because now I, I procrastinate less or I'm, you know, I'm doing more with my life because of you. How does that feel like? It's, it's the strongest feeling ever. For example, I have one letter for one guy and uh, he wrote me that he was in the situation when he was uh, very depressed. He was thinking about suicide. And then he read the, my book and he started a, a new new work. And uh, I then met him in person and uh, he wrote me that, our meeting changed uh, his life and I'm very humble. Like for me, it's, it's huge. Uh, for example, I know that my book has, has uh, around 400,000 copies sold. So, and even if 1% of those people uh, had some positive change in their life after reading my book, it would be for me huge. So, uh, and I'm focusing on all those stories because uh, someone changed uh, his or her job. Someone starts runs. Someone I don't know start to uh, work on uh, or, uh, him or herself. But yeah. uh, at the end, what I truly believe is that we all uh, have to like do something meaningful. And in this world that is full of uh, hate or full of a division in societies. I truly believe that we should uh, work together on improving the world. So that's why I'm working on a new book. And the new book will be about critical thinking and about how to uh, argue with people in a nice way. <laughs> how to like respect others with different opinions and so on. And I truly well, believe that this is the key to survive in this planet, on this planet uh, for the future. So I'm, I'm happy to get into this a little bit because I feel like recently... I'm seeing more and more, especially on social media, there is a um, a lack of conversation and it's more about 
Also, you see this in the news. I think the news is to blame for this, but the news picks a side and they stay with that side ideologically. And if it's uh, something that is left-leaning, you know, the left-leaning networks will cover it in a certain way and the right-wing network will cover it in a completely different way and then vice versa. And we start to choose camps. And because of Twitter and Facebook, we have those eco chambers, so we don't really listen to anybody with, you know, with a differing opinion. And what happens is we get this self-congratulating uh, thing where we're, wherever we say something that empowers our camp, we start getting claps and likes and everyone loves us. And we're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so smart because no one really challenges me on these ideas. And if someone does, then he gets slammed by all the followers that you have. And it's just it's 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 not something that is conducive to making or creating good conversations. And we're hating each other more and causing more division. And I see. And again, this is on both sides of the political. Yeah, spectrum. exactly. Yeah. And uh, my answer for that is that uh, dem- democracy or uh, democratic discussion is not fight. It's uh it's the way how to understand others. It's the way how to uh, like uncover the truth together and not how to fight. And you have like a lot of fighters on social media, as you said, on both sides, and they are both doing the bad thing. So it, always, whenever you fight, you are doing bad things. So, uh, and for me, uh, I feel like and being social a, media a is in your town square. Yeah, I, I take myself as a as a global citizen, and uh, I think that the future will be difficult if we live in uh, divided societies because you feel that uh, people are divided not just in the U.S. but you have uh, many divided people by Brexit in the U.K. You have many divided people in Europe in uh, Western Eastern countries now. Exactly, exactly. And uh, for me, it's quite sad because uh, we are all human beings. We are all quite the same. We all have like five fingers uh, and we have the same, quite same brains. And it's so sad that we live in 21st century. We experience a second world war. We experience so many um, like miseries, but at the end, we are doing the same mistakes. So I think that we should uh, be able to do things that unite people and not to divide them. And you can always find find things that can uh, connect you with others. So even though he has very different opinions in politics, maybe he likes to, I don't know, he likes to play uh, basketball as you, or you can find many, many uh, similarities and then if you find many similarities, then you can slowly, slowly uh, tackle those uh, things that can divide you. But after you have strong connection. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like social media is just the worst place to have these type of conversations because someone will put out a tweet and then you'll look at that like, oh, what is this idiot even thinking? Bah, 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 bah. And mm-hmm. then you put out your own tweet and then someone will retweet that saying, oh, look how so-and-so destroyed so-and-so. And it's just none of it is in any way, shape or form a good way to have a conversation because you're a you're limited in the amount that you can say. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, yeah. I have one remark a remark for this. Uh, for example, there's, there's a huge difference for me uh, being on Instagram because if someone is commenting your Instagram stories, it goes directly to you. And all those people are very polite and I have almost no hate uh, on my Instagram. But if you compare the algorithm of Facebook, if you share something on a Facebook, then you have those comments and the algorithm is, is ranking those comments Uh, in terms of uh, feedback. So at the end, you have two of the most uh, emotional comments on top and mm -hmm. it really divides people. So I think that uh, it's not just a problem of us, it's a problem of algorithms that are shaping our lives and the algorithm of Facebook or Twitter uh, discussion is uh, very dangerous in terms of polarization because it's really... Uh, put those uh, diverse uh, feeds, uh, tweets or comments on, on the top, top uh, levels. Yeah, Instagram is definitely the nicest out of all the social yeah. media ones. I mean, it has its own problems, but out of just not as vile as, as Twitter, or I don't even have, I, I, I deleted Facebook like 10 years ago, so I, I don't have that, but um, wow. Twitter... That, that was yeah. the best decision in your life, man. And yeah. Uh, I, I quit email. Yeah, I, I, I don't really? use email. I have my a personal assistant for email, so she, she's okay. uh, answering all my emails. But I really hate email because when I uh, when I have published my book, I've got like 80 emails daily, then 100, then 120, and when I replied all those emails, I've got even more. And it, it was like uh, it, it was like up your whole like, day. Uh, And exactly. And then I realized that uh, I'm working on priorities of others, not on my priorities. So then I quit the email and then I realized that yeah, I have three, four hours daily uh, for what is important to me. And now I don't use email for, let's say, four or five years. And that was my best decision. So I have PA for that. So she's like managing everything for me. She's also managing my uh, LinkedIn account. And I'm only on uh, on Instagram and uh, on Facebook. So, but I'm thinking to cancel Facebook too because it's it's hell. Yeah, it's very very nasty environment. And Instagram is uh, the most friendly to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, and and even for me, like I, uh, you know, when I'm on um, this is. I guess this is on all platforms, but I would say I would put more of an emphasis on YouTube specifically for this one. There's so many motivational influencers out there, and I don't even know how to count them. Everyone is telling you to, to do these type of goals, set this one, don't eat this one. There's so many motivational videos out there that are just, I feel like are, for lack of a better word, crap. Like they're just selling you snake oil. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like specifically with this industry, Um, there's, there's more than ever. Um, there's in, in this kind of like spiritual, motivational, new age, uh, yoga. I don't know. There's just, there's so many, um, diet, health and wellness, fitness. There's so many people that are telling you that this specific thing is the only thing you need in order to, you know, be the best self that, that you can be or lose weight or get in, in better shape. And they're all very contradictory. They, mm -hmm. they they'll say the exact opposite of what the other person says, and because there's this isn't like science specifically. I mean, it is, but you know, there's there's a lot of leeway here, and there's no regulation. Everyone can say what they say, and if that's something that works for you, you can try it. But I just feel like there's so many of them that are f selling you 
Yeah, snake oil. Yeah. Snake oil, <laughs> false motivation right. yeah. in yeah. order for you to click, in order for you to, to you know, subscribe and sell and, and, and basically subscribe to their product. Mm -hmm. So how do people differ? What's the way for them to, to try to decipher what's really good yeah. and what's really not? Again, I think that the way uh, is to improve uh, critical thinking and to explain people scientific method, how it works, and to ask for evidence. For example, I really love evidence-based approach in medicine. You have amazing uh, blog uh, that is called Evidence-Based Medicine uh, that is uh, written by Steven Novella. And uh, he's using this evidence-based approach in medicine. And I'm trying to do the same in uh, personal development because you have so many very good scientific uh, studies, but there is a huge gap between what uh, science knows and what people do in their daily life. So, and as you said, like 95% of information uh, in this field of motivation is crap. It's, it's uh, something that is like just emotional, but without evidence. It's uh, And I really, I'm trying to like fight with this crap because a personal development is very crucial for us. It's a very important topic. Uh, it's in, it has the same uh, impact on your uh, quality of your life as as your health, I guess. But you have so many uh, like low quality information. So use your critical thinking. Ask for evidence. Ask for uh, for studies. And what I really love to do is to use. A meta-analysis, for example, they made a huge meta-analysis about procrastination. So they took all scientific studies about procrastination and then they uh, made a study uh, out of those all studies. So it's, it's, some, it's something uh, very uh, grounded in science and it's something that we can really trust to. So I'm using meta-analysis in my work and I'm trying to explain to people the difference between uh, one study with 10 people and with uh, 20 studies with uh, 20,000 people. So yeah. it's always about to understand scientific method and uh, rationality and limits of our brains uh, because our brain is quite uh, interesting and important uh, invention, but it's also uh, it's very flawed. Yeah, I, I had a uh, I had a um, talk uh, at the conference about uh, critical thinking, and the talk was about irrationality and about our biases. And our brain is very biased. We are always, always uh, lost in those um, like old. Um, patterns of behavioral so and it's very difficult to step outside of those biases even though you know the bias for example confirmation bias yeah your brain is trying to just uh, pick what you really uh, believe in and uh, dismiss other information and even though you know that we have this kind of bias we all are suffering with the bias <laughs> yeah. so it's very is difficult a, to fight, fight with is this there a way to, to because like you said, it's it's once we get older, we we're set in our ways. We have our patterns. We have our ways of of thinking, and and some people do change those with time. Um, some people are curious, you know, about about learning new ways. But a lot of people just are set in their ways. But is there a way to maybe 
put this in some sort of a curriculum for kids <laughs> to do <Yeah>. critical <laughs> thinking and just maybe get 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 you know a whole new generation to start thinking a little bit differently at a very younger age and this is my life uh mission Truly, uh, we already have one uh, subject for universities that is like a blueprint that universities can uh, use. We have uh, like a comprehensive online uh, on online system for uh, teaching people critical thinking. But for the future, my main mission is to have really uh, to re- real subject for for high schools and for elementary uh, schools. Uh, about critical thinking, how to recognize fake news, how to be aware of your um, brain biases, how to understand the scientific method, and so on and so on. But at the end, uh, it's all about humbleness. I think that the main enemy of our wisdom is our ego, because if you have the, the bigger your ego is, the uh, more difficult is for you to admit that you are wrong or you don't know. So, and being able to uh, make fun of yourself, being able to admit that you don't know, being able to say, well, uh, I, I was wrong, is, is quite uh, important for, for your growth. So yeah. ego is the enemy, humbleness is the virtue. And uh, I think that we should put a kind of uh, like humbleness uh, substance into chemtrails and uh, spread uh, the substance around the world. <laughs> chemtrails. Don't, don't, let's not get into chemtrails. Um, <laughs> you know, so my, my niece, she's, um, she's 14 years old. And, and, um, and because they don't have COVID now, she's very bored, right? And, sorry, because they have COVID mm-hmm. and they don't have school and, and they don't have all these after school yeah. programs, she's, she's bored. She's trying to find what to do. And she's always asking me like, you know, Roy, she's asking me like, what should I do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you love? And she doesn't know. So I told her like, look, go try everything that you think that you love. Mm-hmm. And what and if you find something that you find that you're passionate about, stick with it. Is that the best way to do it? Just try a smorgasbord of different things until you finally found that find that one passion? Yep. I think that this is the uh the evidence-based approach how to find your passion. Because uh people usually they, they don't have uh a strong passion at the beginning, but they have to try. So the younger you are, the more you should try new things. And uh then when you realize that something uh makes you happy, for example, uh I'm in the beginning, I was playing basketball and I was playing tennis. And at the end, I realized that I really love playing basketball and I hate tennis. And I had to try that without uh, the uh, subject experience. Well, who knows what you like? So it's about trying new things. And if if you have it, then it's a miracle. And then it's what is important is to really have persistence. For example, I'm doing uh, keynotes for 10 years and I still see so many um, imperfections that I really want to do the same in next 50 years. And I want to be the best keynote speaker in my 80s. And I really want to like focus on perfection. And that's why I left, love Japan too, because you have those uh, sushi, uh, sushi uh, chefs that they are making sushi for 70 years, for example. Yeah. There was a famous uh, movie about uh, Jiro Ono. The name of the movie, I guess, is uh, Jiro's Dreams 
of sushi and he's 95 96 years old and he's doing the best sushi he has a free michelin stars in tokyo and i love his story because uh his story is about finding perfection in things that you really love and you really care about so i always wished to myself to find my own sushi uh, something that I really want to uh, focus on and make perfect. And for me, uh, presentations are my sushi and the next sushi is, is uh, writing books. So that's why I'm very passionate to write a new book because I was writing yesterday. I spent like four hours writing and I was working on uh, a fair first chapter. And I'm very excited because I already have the first chapter. And that's huge because uh, when you start then like 50% of work is done. Uh, It's always the most difficult part is to start. So yeah, now I'm very happy because I have the first chapter, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. I can't wait to to read it when when it's out. But there are those people that are, oh, so wait, before that, when you were talking about Japan, because I noticed this as well there when, you know, when I I was in a little bit before when I was doing a little bit of research, but they have this striving for excellence in one particular manner like uh they have the people the 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 swords uh, men who who make swords and you know they'll have an apprentice work underneath them for something like whatever five or ten years until he can start to make swords and it's the same with ramen they'll have like a you know a ramen restaurant and the apprentice has to be there for like five or six or eight years until he can start making ramen and the same goes with sushi and other aspects and it's it's so interesting when you have someone focus on one particular thing to be the best at it and to make it the best possible thing that it can be. Yep. It's very interesting. And I, I have a friend and uh, she's Japanese and uh, she's uh, producing one of the best Japanese green tea. And when I was visiting her in uh, Shizuoka, that's the city uh, where she lives, uh, she told me that uh, they are producing the tea for 14th uh, generation. So 14 wow. generations, they are doing the same tea uh, and that's the definition of perfection so i really love this uh, japanese concept of perfection of course uh, you only need to use the skill for what is important to be a perfectionist of in every email uh, at the end you are uh, anxious because uh, it's very difficult to be a perfectionist in all domains but being a perfectionist in the key domain it's the answer how to be uh, happy and how to uh, have that kind of uh, state of flow. If you're doing something, time stops for you, you are emerged in the present moment. And I think that the, the best ingredient of this state of flow is to be perfectionist, like, like that uh, Japanese sushi master. Yeah. And they, I think they even have like some of the oldest hotels in the world where they've just been like generation after generation, just upkeeping the place and, you know, passing it to the next generation. I think something like, I don't remember the exact number, but like over a thousand years old, something insane. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's a very interesting culture. Like I, I loved it. I, I definitely want to go back because all I did was uh, Northern Japan. So no, uh, the Northern Island, Hokkaido. And uh, I didn't get to spend much time in, you know, other parts. So maybe next year when uh, we'll see how COVID hits. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier you touched on um, exercise, physical activity, and we we, t- we discussed a little bit about willpower. And you said there's direct correlation between improving willpower to physical activity. Um, right. But 
that's that's also there is some sort of a cap on that, right? Like it's not like the best CrossFitter has the most willpower. It's just putting that extra amount of physical activity into your day will increase your willpower to to an extent. Yeah, right. Uh, I think that there is uh, some evidence that you don't need to go for three hours uh, long run. But what works is those small or shorter uh, periods of exercise. So, for example, to have 10 minutes exercise in the morning, then go for a walk during the workday, and then uh, during the afternoon to have like 30 minutes of exercise. And uh, what works is when you, for example, go for a walk, you uh, you kick up your uh, cardiovascular system and your brains get some fresh uh, new blood and at the end you are uh, you have stronger willpower so it's not that difficult to have those short uh, periods of exercise during the day and the second uh, evidence is that uh, willpower is based on our uh, simple sugars in our blood so if you eat more vegetables and or fruit during the day then you have stronger willpower too so my best advice how to boost your productivity is to work one hour then to have a 10 minutes walk then to work another hour then to eat some fruits or vegetables then work for another hour and so on and so on and if you uh, do this uh, daily at the end you realize that you can accomplish like two three times more and what is very important is to work on things that uh, have meaning for you because if you are in the state of flow if you are working on something that is meaningful to you then your willpower is not draining it can uh, refill so for example when i'm tired and then if i have a keynote and i'm on stage for 60 minutes I'm less tired after the keynote than uh, I was before. So focusing on your strengths and uh, meaningful activities can restart your willpower during the day. So basically you are the most drained when you are working on projects that are meaningless to you. Well, that's very interesting. You know, when when I was, because we left New York uh, around March and we went to Connecticut for many months and, you know, it's very, it's very lush and green. So I would run outside a lot and... Um, and while I really enjoyed the runs because uh, they were very different to the runs I was doing here because they're outside and there's a lot of elevations up and down and you're working different muscles. When I run here, I, I, I usually we have a small gym in our building and I'll run on the treadmill, but I'm just looking at the wall in front of me. And while it's not obviously anywhere near as interesting as running outside and, you know, seeing the scenery, I do get into some sort of a, a flow zone because I guess there's just this wall in front of me. Mm -hmm. That's that's all I'm looking at. I, I don't watch the TV or anything. I literally just look at the wall. And a good amount of time, I'll get really good ideas, creative ideas while I'm running and while I'm like, and, and not in the beginning. Usually when I'm about, you know, I, I try to run like three or four miles, uh, not, not, not more than that. And I would say about halfway through, I start getting like really good creative ideas. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it works like that. Yeah, it's like a, a meditation. And uh, when I'm in New York, I'm running around Battery Park, around uh, Fidei, and sometimes I'm running outside, and sometimes I also have a treadmill in uh, in a gym in the apartment house that I live in. And uh, for me, that's a very different kind of sport, right? 
kind of exercise because when you are in a gym, as you said, when you are just uh, in the present moment and you, you just do the same all the time, uh, it's maybe better in terms of your mindfulness because you are just stuck in the present moment and you cannot like uh, do anything else because you are on a treadmill. But if you are outside, uh, for me, I also love to be outside because uh, you have the energy of the city and you have a sunlight and you can meet other people and you have that kind of positive vibe that people are doing the same thing that you. So I'm always like uh, waving to other people or other runners and uh, I love that kind of vibe too. So bo both uh, types of exercise are quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know when I um, when I first got back, I went to McCarran Park here, which is like a big park in Williamsburg, and it was packed. I mean, forget like social distancing. <laughs> I'm telling you, and everyone looked yeah. just ripped. It's like, yeah. it's like, what have I been doing this whole time? It seems like everyone's just because I guess gyms are closed. Everyone's training outside. The All park right, was yeah. absolutely packed. So I guess it's it's one of those, you know, Corona was is, is a funny thing because. Hmm. I think, you know, they put gyms out very low on the, obviously restaurants have to open first and then they have a list of priorities, what should open first and what should open last. But I do think gyms are very important, you know, for martial arts to yoga, to just the regular gym. Yeah. They, they are very important to our, to our mental well-being. obviously physical, but like I said, those are attached and, um, it's a exactly. shame that. It's a yeah. shame that those have not been open and a lot of them will probably go under because they're not going to be able to sustain themselves. But, you know, I do see a lot, a lot of people just outside training because it's it's food for the soul. It's something that, you know, a lot of people have to do to, to just stay sane, especially with, you know, 15 hour work days on Zoom all day. Like you just have to uh, go outside and, and, you know, let loose. There are two good things uh, on being outside. First is that uh, there is quite uh, new evidence that uh, COVID uh, spreads uh, inside more than outside. So if you are outside, mm -hmm. the risk is uh, like 10 times uh, lower or more. Yeah. And the second good part is the, that the sunlight uh, can uh, improve your, your uh, uh, vitamin D uh, level. So sunlight is quite important to have a better immune system so and it's also very evidence-based so go outside and run there and if you're in new york the best way is uh, that like 30 minutes um if you go upstate you have bear mountains and it's so amazing place so i always go there like every two weeks i get a train uh go in into mountains and i'm just walking there with my friends and it's it's amazing yeah we we used to do that a lot and now even in connecticut uh, once we're there you know we go to hikes i would say twice a week probably we would do hikes like legit hikes uh and it's every time once i finish the hike i just can't explain like how good i feel you know it's just exactly. it's, it's, yeah. it's that physical activity but it's also that little bit of a connection to to the trees and the <laughs> earth and the views at the end and maybe there's a waterfall you can jump in it's just it's amazing exactly yeah and for people that uh live in big cities i think that's uh, the best way how to stay uh normal how to not to be insane so that's why i go to japan every year that's why i love to uh, go for hikes because uh i remember the moment when I moved to the U.S., I spent like three months in a row in Manhattan. 
And it was so crazy. It was so crazy. And then I realized I should leave this crazy city. And then I left for a whole weekend and I went to uh, Poughkeepsie. That's like um, yeah, yeah. near the Hudson River. And it was one of the best weekends in my life because for the first time in those three months, I was outside of the city. So uh, guys, I recommend all of you or to all our listeners to really go outside of the city like once a week or once in two weeks and be there sometimes alone, sometimes with friends, but being in nature is one of the best way how to relax and refill your willpower because willpower works not just like a muscle, but it's uh, like glass of water and sometimes you need to buy a new glass because uh, your glass is completely empty and drained so uh, or sometimes i uh say that it's like the battery in your cell phone yeah, you are trying to recharge it but if you have a uh bad battery if, if the battery is is broken you cannot uh, refill it you need to buy a new battery and for me, buying a new battery means to go to Japan for three, three, three four months, uh, weeks. And then yeah. I have new battery of my willpower. So, A hundred percent. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> there, there, is, there is something about nature. It's just, you know, it's not something you can really put your finger on, but it's, I think it's something that we need. That's why people, you know, they want to leave the city after a few yeah. months. It's just, it's something that you feel like you need. You can't even explain it, but you're like, I just need to go out. I just need to see some trees. I need to jump into a waterfall. I need to, whatever it is, right. you know, yeah. even sit sit on a beach and just, you know, watch the the waves crash, whatever it is, people need exactly. that. And um, I feel like a lot of big cities have that. Like if you go even to LA, you know, the beach is there. There's like canyons that mm -hmm. you could hike. But New York is just really very concrete. There's just not a lot of, of nature options. There's some like man-made, obviously, some parks and stuff, but you just, I don't know, it, it feels very artificial and fake. It, it's, it doesn't give exactly. you that same effect. So yeah, an hour yeah. drive up upstate and, and you're there. And it reminds me one study. Uh, they made a study in one hospital and uh, patients in that ho hospital, uh, one group had a view uh, into nature and the second mm -hmm. uh, uh, group had a view into concrete or something. And at the end, they realized that uh, the group with the nature view, uh, they were much faster in uh, recovering themselves and they had much more positive emotions. And the probable explanation is that if, uh, whenever you are in the nature, it uh, decreases your level of the stress hormone cortisol. And stress hormone cortisol is, uh, is like not that good for your health it's uh it can really undermine your uh not, not just your happiness and uh mood but it can undermine even your your whole uh, health system yeah and i i even saw a study uh, i don't remember the the exact details a few years back where Areas in, 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 in more impoverished neighborhoods um, that had trees and a park next to them had, I think it was like lower crime rates than, you know, like the next block over where there was no park yeah. and no trees. So nature is, uh, you know, it definitely helps. And, and whatever part of it you can grab, if it's trees, if it's a park, if it's the ocean, you just, you know, we need it in our lives. It's just, yeah. it's innate. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I have a I have a, a weekend house that is in the middle of wood here in Czech Republic, and I was there like two days ago, and uh, it's just in the middle of of uh, 
wood and I had the best sleep there. And I was, really? uh, I was there as a kid, uh, during all my holidays with my parents. So it reminds me being uh, a kid. So it's my, um, probably the most, uh, after Japan, of course, it's my, the, the most, uh, important, uh, place in the world. How is the, the nature in, um, in the in, in Czech Republic is Czech Republic, it, uh, it's quite the same it very just like it is in the US yeah. or yeah it's, it's quite the same as uh that bear mountain uh upstate New York okay it's it's the same weather and the same temperature so mostly forests yeah forests nice yeah because here in the US it's just it's so varied like because it's so big you can go yeah. and you have you know in the south it's a certain type of, of of climate and then in the New England it's more forest and cold and you go out west it's massive mountains 14ers and there's um you know Utah and New Mexico and California which have the deserts and uh Pacific Northwest it's lush it's just it's so varied and so different depending on where you go that's why uh I think that's one of the things I, I definitely love about the U.S. is just the yep. the outdoors <laughs> aspect of it. It's it's like especially if you go out west, it's just so so wild, you know, from mm. the bears and and I don't know bobcats and lions. Even though we had a bear in our backyard like a month ago, like a big black bear. So really cool. <laughs> yeah, how just big in the morning. Was the he was, yeah. you know, he was, she. Was, I think you know, I think it was a she, but she was uh, she was pretty big. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She was walking around and then like a week later, our neighbor sent us a video of her walking with her cubs just up oh. the, the driveway. So, you know, it's cute. It was, it was fun. Like yeah, I wouldn't let is. the dogs yeah. out for like an hour, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's so, nature. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I heard a, um, a story that you told in, in, in one of your talks um, where you had a really um, scary experience on a plane. And, right. yeah. you know, I want you to to tell us that story. And then afterwards, I guess the, the, the question is, you know, I think someone can take that in two different directions. And I, I'd love to know which direction you took it. One can be trauma, like I'm never getting on a plane again because of what I just experienced. And the other can be, you know, OK, I just experienced this. I'm alive. Statistically, this could never, ever happen again, probably. And I should be fine from now on and just take it as, as that kind of experience. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear the story. Uh, basically, I have two similar experiences uh, and they call them uh, near-death experience. And first was that when I was like 19 years old and it was like medical issue and I was playing basketball. And after like a few, few minutes, like right side of my body was completely paralyzed and uh no one uh knew in that time what 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 was that and it was first in my life that i was facing um my own death and it was quite scary but uh at the end it really changed my life because i survived that uh, after a few days like two three days everything went back to the normal and uh i remember that uh that experience as one of the strongest in my life because it changed my personal values since then i'm trying to really uh, focus on what is important i really want to uh, live a fulfilled life i don't want to waste my time here and the second experience was 2015 and uh it was quite similar it was flight from amsterdam to prague and after the takeoff after like 20 minutes uh, our right engine literally blew up and there was fire 
and uh, there was a state of emergency and we had to uh, perform emergency landing and uh, like everyone's worst night to have yeah, yeah and you had to have your head uh, inside of your knees and you are waiting for the impact and uh, it was really really scary because it was very noisy and uh, people were scared and what I was thinking in that moment was that uh, okay I can die it's yeah I can and but if I survive uh, I really want to focus on what is really important again and really ask myself what are the main things that you can do for um, the future for for the better future and when we landed uh, it was one of the strongest moments again in my life but positive moments because when you uh, know that you are like outside of the risk then uh, you are quite happy right so since then uh, it's really refreshed the first experience and since then, I'm really trying to live every day, every day meaningfully and to the fullest. Sometimes it means that, uh, okay, I go for a party and I love to have parties, but I'm trying to be like mindful there, talk to people and do something that is uh, meaningful. And for me, it's to connect, to connect with others. And then uh, when I'm at work, I'm trying to use my strengths to have positive impact. So that's why I'm not using email because email is not my strength. My strength is to write another book. My strength is uh, to do more keynotes or to do uh, consulting. But uh, I don't want to waste my time by meaningless activities or trivial activities. I don't want to waste my life with social media and with Netflix. So, for example, I have uh, Netflix, but uh, I only spend like let's say two hours during last four months during the lockdown i only spent two hours uh with my netflix because really? i was working on a campaign i was uh when, when the lock lockdown hit on the whole world i was working on a campaign uh hashtag masks for all and we started a campaign here in czech republic and after three days, like uh, 90% of people started to wear face masks outside. And it was huge because in the beginning, no one had a face mask. And uh, it was much easier here because I know those top influencers in person. So I sent the message to all my friends like, hey, guys, take a picture of yourself in a face mask and share it with your audience. And uh, out of 20 top uh, Instagram accounts, like 10 of them shared the message. So basically oh, wow. in three days, like everyone wear a face mask. And it was huge. It was for me a very strong moment because uh, we already knew in that time there was a lot of scientific evidence that it works and it could really stop uh, the virus. And I think that this is one of those reasons why this country uh, had so, so uh, less uh, casualties, as I said, only 350. So it's, it's, um, it's amazing. And after, after we changed one small country, I realized that we should send a message to the world. And it's at that time, uh, WHO or American CDC was, uh, were against masks. So we made a video yeah, yeah. with my friend, uh, very beautiful girl. And uh, we shared a message that uh, everyone should wear a face mask. And we started a campaign masks for all. And after a few weeks, the campaign uh, had a reach of 1.2 billion. So literally, it was everywhere. It was featured uh, in CNN, uh, BBC uh, news. And uh, it was 
in the beginning of uh, the mind shift, uh, m- mindset switch around the world. So uh, in the beginning, Czech Republic was the first country in Europe that made, uh, ma- made masks mandatory. And now like 70 plus countries have uh, masks somehow mandatory. So it was so meaningful to me, but I spent like two months of my life like uh, spreading the message about face mask. And I was like a little bit crazy in that time because I was only focusing on that like 12 hours daily uh, masks for a movement. And uh, we had like thousands of volunteers around the world. But uh, for me, that was the strongest uh, period really the strongest period in my life because I had an impact and I was thinking that we can really save a lot of lives. So it was crazy uh, era. It was very crazy. Um, it were uh, like those two, two months were very crazy, but I truly believe that hopefully we uh, could help uh, save some few or more lives around the world. Yeah, yeah and I think when you do something from a passion position or point of view it's much easier to do it right it's that uh what's that line uh if you do whatever you love you're not going to work a day in your life and it's exactly really that you know and especially when the goal is to save lives i mean where where did this kind of come from where where did you where did this passion come from were you saying okay i'm going to dedicate the next x amount of months to try to put this this um mission statement forward so I can save some people's lives here and, you know, here and globally. Yep. And I think it's uh, all about connecting all those dots. For example, my key field of interest is critical thinking. So that's why I'm able to read all those scientific papers. So at the beginning, I made a like complex analysis about all scientific papers about face masks. So without that skill, I would not be able to uh, do that campaign. The second skill is uh, like networking. I have a lot of friends, influencers, and I have a huge network of, of, of people. So without that, I could not do that again. So, and uh, the third skill I think is uh, simplicity. I really love to explain things simply. So I made a, a video and I wrote the, the copy of that and it was very simple. It was like everyone could understand that. The, the message that, uh, and I'm the author of the claim, my mask protect you, your mask uh, protect me. And it's very simple and everyone can understand and connect. So simplicity is one of my key uh, skills or uh, values. And I think that we need uh, like explain things simply in this complex world. And that was the key of uh, our success, I guess, because it was evidence-based, but it was simple. And we connect with some top scientists, so it, it was based uh, on, on their uh, knowledge too. So, for example, we tested some materials and we realized that it works. So then uh, we made a video. So, Peter, before I, before I let you go, you know, <laughs> I, I want to I, I I maybe tap into a little bit of your insights. People now are, I think they're more stressed than ever. It's a very difficult time. They're at home. They got Zoom fatigue. The kids are at home. Uh, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and, and, and restaurants, especially here in mm. NYC. When you'll come back, you'll see so many places have closed down. Mm. And it's just it's a bit of a stressful time. And, you know, with us being at home, we also tend to maybe procrastinate a little bit more because all these social media outlets are available to us. Uh, YouTube, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there something 
that we can do that is maybe the easiest or the most available to us that we can just start to do that will maybe lessen our procrastination and just make us a little bit more productive? Yep. Uh, Do 20 push-ups daily. So you can do that. 20 push-ups is not that much. The second idea is to... In the morning? In the morning, yeah, in the morning. Then the second idea is to uh, do a cold shower. It's uh, in the beginning, it can be like 50% cold, then 75% cold, and then fully cold. But uh, it can boost your immune system too. So during the corona crisis, it's quite a wise idea to boost your system, uh, the, the immune system. So 20 push-ups, a cold shower in the morning, then install the app, the, the forest app. So whenever you want to focus, just use that app. And uh, the thing that you can uh, use on a daily basis is to connect with others. You can always have uh, like nice discussions with your relatives and to really uh, focus not on yourself, but focus more, more on others. There is a lot of evidence if, uh, if you are focusing on others, you have much more positive emotions uh, rather than when you uh, focus on yourself. So uh, sometimes when you are depressed, you are sometimes too much selfish because you are thinking too much about your emotions and your situation. So, and whenever you go, for example, uh, visit your relatives and when you really uh, focus on them, then uh, you have much more positive emotions. So go outside, go for a walk, uh, if you live in New York, go and uh, take it through the nearest train to to Bear Mountains and uh, be cool, be positive, because I think that uh, the mindset is like 80% of our happiness, maybe 90%. So uh, we still live in a great, great world uh, because all our uh, ancestors, they had much more difficult situation. They had... Uh, World War, uh, they had plaque, they had uh, many, many other illnesses that are now uh, out of the topic. So, so yeah. coronavirus is is bad thing, of course, but uh, still the world is amazing. So we can travel, we can uh, connect with people. We have a Zoom. Come on, it's not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, we we can yeah. have this discussion. I am in Prague, you are in New York, and we can have this amazing discussion. And fifty years ago. It would not be a case, yeah. So no, yeah. <laughs> Fifty years ago, when I when I would call my uh, my cousin in Australia, my dad would be with a stopwatch next to the phone. All right, two minutes, yeah. three minutes. That's that's yeah. so expensive. Yeah. He would be screaming at me. Yeah. But I think like that's also very important to put things into purport into some sort of proportion and objectivity, where we're technically living in the best time that exactly. humans have that ever lived. You know, we have right food everywhere that's available to us we have opportunity we have the internet um we are unfortunately screwing it up in a lot of different ways but all those things still, are available yeah. for the yeah. for the majority of the world we're still living in in the best time that human there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of development obviously exactly yeah but, but we yeah. have quite a high level of freedom so yeah. we can uh comment on social media we can uh express our uh our ideas we yeah. can we Unless can do in this podcast. come on it's amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah of course you 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 there are some parts of the world that uh are quite sad to me for example hong kong and the case with the new laws about uh, freedom of speech it's quite sad 
But I believe that the future will be bright uh, around the world if we uh, help people not to procrastinate and uh, have their values and have a courage to stand up for those values. So for, uh, I call this like personal heroism. And sometimes it's very important to be uh, a hero in front of yourself. So to act according to your values. Sometimes it means that you stop next to accident and help someone. Sometimes it means that uh, you have courage to step outside of the crowd and mm -hmm. have a strong opinion on something like strong moral opinion. And for, for me, for example, in these, these uh, days, it's uh, all about finding fake news because I truly believe that the fake news is uh, even worse than the coronavirus is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the fake news is a huge issue. Um, I don't know how it is in other countries. I know in this country. And the, the barrier to entry is just getting lower and lower. And the, and the problem is it's, it's twofold. On the one hand, the barrier to entry is very low and anyone can have a media outlet on the internet and say that you're a news outlet and you can put out whatever you want, even if it's just an opinion piece, it's, it's right. you know portrayed as news. And on the other hand, like I said earlier, because the media outlets, the, the biggest ones, right, the, the Fox News, the CNNs, MSNBCs, they're so ideologically inclined to, to give you the agenda of the day they don't really give you the raw data. They just, mm -hmm. they put it, they, they masquerade it as something that it's not for the most part. And yeah. I just feel like fake, fake news is so prevalent. And unfortunately, like I hate, I hate to use the term fake news because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very Donald Trumpy, but it, um, <laughs> it is, it is happening. And, you know, like that's not that I, 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 I hate Donald Trump, but he is correct about the fact that there are a lot of fake news and even let's say if he had the best idea in the world, the best idea, whatever it was, not that he has it, <laughs> but let's say that he did, CNN, for example, would never portray it in a way that is objective because they cannot get behind Trump. And again, it's, it's, the, it's, it's exactly the same thing when, when Obama was in, in place, like the Fox yeah. News would never, would never portray him in an objective way and in a good light. And it just sucks that they're so agenda driven that they just can't give people the actual facts, the actual journalism. Yeah, yeah. that's why we all need critical thinking and to read maybe more sources and at the end to ask for evidence, for example. Uh, and now uh, the future will be even worse because now you have uh, AI that can really generate a amazing videos with it's people. Insane. And uh, they never uh, said that, never said that you, you have yeah. those fake, uh, deep fake videos. And it's so, so good that you cannot recognize that it's fake. So it's the scary. future will be about AI and fake news. And that's why we need critical thinking. because, uh, <laughs> And we need to uh, help people not to trust everything. Because I think the case is that people, they... Uh, and sometimes older people, they trust whatever uh, ends in their mailbox, for example. So uh, we, we have those chain emails with fake news that are spreading yeah. around the world. And sometimes uh, I can recognize that it's Photoshopped, but my uh, grandfather that is 90 years old, he can't. So yeah. that's why he's uh, believing a lot of uh, conspiration theories, because he don't have the skill to recognize what is fake news or what's not. So that's why I think that um, it's all about to have that kind of uh, school subject 
to help people to and to help people on all sides it's not one side or another it's us and we all should have uh, better critical thinking all around the world it's not like uh, republicans or, or democrats it's it's a problem of uh, all countries all around the world yeah yeah we just we're in the us we're very self involved we uh we tend not to look outside of of what's happening in the rest of the world and we think the us is the end all be all and everything and 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 that's yeah. the problem is because we <laughs> export a lot of the culture from the us so what what happens here someone told me in in one of the podcasts that when the when the us sneezes the rest of the world gets the flu and that's it's true you know Truth. to an extent yeah yeah and that's why I moved to the U.S. because I I want to have a positive impact. So I, I want to like export my ideas to the U.S. and then influence the whole whole world. That's why I live in New York. That's why I'm in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, capital. Well, Peter, uh, where can people find you on uh, on social media and where can they get your book? Yeah, uh, my uh, Twitter and Instagram account is at uh, P-E-T-R Ludwig. Uh, you can uh, you can note it somewhere under the the podcast. Yeah, I'll put and, it in the show notes. And the name of the book is The End of Procrastination, and you can find it uh, on Amazon or everywhere. I guess in all bookstores, and it has tw- twenty translations, so you can read the book in whatever language. It has even Japanese translation. So <laughs> awesome. if we have some listeners from Japan; they can read my book yeah. in Japanese. So for me, it was one of the best moments in my life when I had a book launch in Tokyo in one of those big skyscrapers. And I was holding my book for the first time in Japanese. And I was thinking like, this is fucking crazy, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My book in Japanese, come on, that's cool. So you can follow me on my social media, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or maybe Facebook, but eh. As, as we said, Facebook is yeah. uh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Facebook. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, and, uh, thank I you think so I, much. It was amazing. Like, uh, we connect so, so quickly. And I feel that we are like old friends already. And yeah. <laughs> we met for the first time. So, And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person when I will be back in States. So we should have a beer together. Man somewhere in, beer, in Williamsburg. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so That's much awesome, for having man. me. Thank you so much. Yeah. It, 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 it was really a it. nice conversation. And I think that we really sum up some of our uh, main ideas behind my work and behind my book. So thank you so much for this. Yeah, 100%. I think people will take, there's a lot of really golden nuggets in there and a lot of great insights. And I think if people listen to this conversation, you there's a lot to take away. So just listen to the conversation, see what works for you. And um, yeah, again, I had, I had a great time, man. I really, uh, you know, can't wait for you to get and back to New York and we'll care. catch up. Yes. Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye. Peace, man. Out.